Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, probably, in terms of show notes, the longest uh, Formula S episode that we've got, but that's also because we're covering four races. Um, yeah, it's me, AJ, of course. Uh, Mike's here, as always. Hi, I'm here. Uh, we are here to discuss the cars. Uh, they have, AJ, do they have four wheels? How many wheels do these cars have? Uh, well, if we go back a mere 30 years, there were cars with six wheels. Okay, what? No, I'm sorry, this, this, is our, this is our intro now. Um, what do you mean there were cars with six wheels? Like, waste cars with six wheels? Yeah, uh, it was the Tiro P34, I believe was the name of it. It had six wheels, uh, four in the front, and then two in the back. So when you say four in the front, is it two and two? I assume, like, how some trucks are double-wheeled? No, it was, like, in a line. They yeah, weren't, they weren't dualies. They were set up. Um, what was the point of it? In case one blew? No. So the idea was because the uh, back then the tires were limited to a certain size. There mm-hmm. was no minimum size. So the idea was if you had four tires up front, they would create a larger contact patch than just two. That's not actually a bad idea. No, and it actually, I mean, the car won races. It won a couple different races. Um, Williams designed a car with four in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't do that great. Um, but, yeah, so there were uh, six-wheel cars in F1. Uh, in the 80s, I believe, was the last time the P34 ran. Interesting. No, that, that, that's very interesting. I definitely did not know that. You said the six cars with wheels. I was like, what? Yep. I really um, hoped instead it was like those cheap, those like, those like you've seen like the, the derby things or whatever. So instead of like, if so it was like four in the outside, you have the two in the middle that are the ones that turn it. Yeah. Uh, well, probably the closest they got to that was there were no wheels in the middle, but there were cars with effectively two chassis. Yeah, so when they banned ground effect, a way to get around the ban was they designed a car so that there was a rigid chassis, which was the one that the driver sat in, and then there was a chassis below it that would move with the suspension. Mm-hmm. So then, ideally, the that second chassis would stay the same distance to the ground so you wouldn't have the full ground effect but you could exploit um basically the ram air idea underneath the Mm. car um yeah dude there has been some crazy engineering in f1 wow so yeah um i guess we'll kick it off here with the Hungaro ring, which, as we're recording this, was almost a month ago. Um, Racing Point continues their dominance. They were showcasing uh, top three pace during the free practice sessions. And then one and three, a wet uh, free practice two led to the Ferraris being on the top. 
which was probably one of the most surprising things I've ever seen this year. Um, because that Ferrari appears to be battling for like sixth and seventh in the constructors, not beating timesheets. Okay. Uh, the Williams cars are fast as hell still. Uh, they both get into Q2. Kimi Raikkonen goes slowest for the first time in his career. This guy has been driving forever. Um, in fact, we'll get to it in the Spain race, but he has driven the, the most laps ever in F1. The fact that he has gone through his entire career and was never dead last in qualifying is impressive. Now, this is solely on speed. Um, he has qualified like in the bottom five or six, but then through uh, penalties has started last. Um, but this is the first time in his career on merit he's dead last. Um, the Alpha Tauri's continued to be all over the place in terms of pace uh, as Daniel Kvyat split the Haas cars uh, in the ones that were eliminated in Q1. Uh, both Renaults and Williams went out in Q2 along with Alex Albon. Nothing really to make a point of there. Uh, Pierre Gasly made it into Q3 but didn't set a lap. His engine basically grenaded at the end of Q2. Um, felt pretty bad for him. So he started 10th. Uh, 3rd to 9th in this race were separated by 6 tenths of a second. So really close. I was going to say that's like... I assume, like, even watching that, I was like, I'm like, that feels... Like, I feel like that's unusual for that wide of a spread to be that tight. Yeah. Uh, second to third were separated by eight-tenths of a second. Which, but that's normal, I thought, for, like, for like I expect more well, than, like, a couple in that eighth second, not, like, seven of them. Yeah. Uh, considering how just blatantly dominant Mercedes is, at, we're just going to outspend everyone, and we have the best team ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, an eight-tenth gap between their slowest car, and then the next fastest car is going to be normal. Uh, Hamilton got his 90th pole, continues his qualification dominance. He will go down as the greatest driver ever. Um, Red Bull was three-tenths off last year's pole time, which was good for only seventh. So these cars are faster, but in a weird way. Um, I was really excited. Uh, it rained before the race started, so I was hoping it would continue to rain. It did not. Um, the funny thing was Verstappen on... Okay, so we've... Ex- I think I've explained this to you. Um, there are a couple different, like, parade or warm-up laps before the race gets started. Mm-hmm. There's the lap to get everybody to the grid... So everybody coming out of the pits and then getting to the grid. And then there's the warm-up lap, and then they start. So in that kind of parade lap, uh, Verstappen, Max Verstappen, the Red Bull driver, lost his car, like just shot straight into the barrier um, and damaged the car. Well, this is at the beginning of the, you know, right before the race is going to start. The mechanics had 15 minutes from when he stopped his car in his grid spot to the start of the race. Mm-hmm. 
And the thing of it is, like, that time, they needed to be off the, like, they couldn't go any further than that 15 minutes. They got it fixed. Um, I wrote down, though, it was interesting to see, like, Verstappen is considered one of, if not the best, wet weather drivers on the grid. So for him to have an issue was kind of surprising. Um, the rain stopped about the time that the cars were going to start their warm-up lap where the race started. Uh, everybody's on the intermediate tire. Um, Kevin Magnuson was on the full wet for whatever reason. Uh, so the full wet disperses just a crazy amount of water. I forget, it's like hundreds of gallons. Um, I believe it's a second. It just hucks water. Hmm. Uh, full wets look like road tires. They're about the closest thing you're going to see to what a road tire would look like on an F1 car. Intermediates are like the uh, the super high-end like sports tires that you see. So there's still some grooving to disperse water, but they're pretty flat. Um, both Haas cars actually pit on the warm-up lap to get slicks. Um, they eventually get dinged for um like team orders to pit before the race or something like it was some weird stupid rule um botas kind of jumps the start he like lets off the clutch but then gets back on the clutch and every it's just an accordion effect behind him um as I say, the Haas cars had already pitted. Daniel Kvyat pits at the end of the first lap to go on slicks. Um, everybody between laps three and five are pitting to get uh, slicks. Uh, Vettel actually got hung up by traffic in the pit lane in his pit box, so his pit stop was like 10 seconds or something like that. Um, how long is it supposed to be? Remind me. Because I, like, I watch it, but like, I don't know how long it's supposed to be. Uh, about two and a half. And then after that, you're losing time. Yeah. Uh, two and a half seconds is about normal. What's, like, the quickest one that, like, is, like, expected ever? on record? Ever? Or, like, within, like, like oh, like, not ever. I mean, not, not the record. But, like, if I said, this is a quick stop, and that's a stop that's possible. I mean, a quick stop is two or two one. Um, anything below two is sub... You just superhuman okay um red bull has done sub two a couple times this year williams i believe still holds the record at 1.85 seconds to change four tires um machines i swear do it no it was humans it was crazy it was in a race in fact um both the haas cars are running top five or top four by lap five granted they did it before the start so they were on slicks while everybody was on wets and just going crazy. Uh, Stroll made a pretty nice move on Grosjean on lap seven. Uh, Raikkonen got a five second penalty for being out of position on the grid is what they said. What does that mean? Explain that to English. maybe. Okay. So you could be out of position on the grid by being either in the wrong 
spot or uh, not in your pit box or in your grid box, sorry. Um, I think what happened to him was because the Haas cars pitted before they went to the grid that he just instinctively went up. But you can't do that. You, Your grid spot is where you qualified. Yeah. It doesn't matter if somebody goes into the pits or not. Um, in fact, this can be... There's a very uh, interesting image from the... I believe it was the 2005 U.S. Grand Prix that they ran in Indianapolis. And there was a whole tire war situation. And it's... We could do an entire podcast on that one race. But... Um, there's a photo of the grid, and it's the two Ferrari cars, a bunch of spaces, two more cars, a bunch of spaces, and then the last cars. There were only six at the start of the race. Um, but they were in their qualified grid spot. So I think Raikkonen just went to the you know nearest available open spot. Um which I thought was just hilarious that here's this 40-year-old dude that just does not care anymore. Um, and they give him a five-second penalty because he just doesn't care. Um, Albon, Alex Albon ended up in a Ferrari sandwich uh, and then passed Leclerc on lap 18. Gasly's engine blows up again on lap 16. This time, I believe it was... So, in qualifying, apparently it was the turbo. In the race, it was the engine itself. So, at what point... So, if this engine keeps blowing, is it just a bad design? Or is it just unlucky? No, I mean, it could be any number of things. Like, the, So, the engine in the Alpha Tauris is the same that's in the Red Bull. They're both Hondas. Mm-hmm. And this is really their only issue they've had. Like, Mercedes has had issues this year in multiple cars. Um, None that forced retirements, but um, at least from the works team, I think a couple of the Williams. Well, the the first race, they had the issues with the sensors when they were driving over the curbs. the Honda issues appear to be just mechanical, not like sensors going haywire. So luckily that that stuff is pretty easy to fix in terms of it's usually just to replace whatever's broken and then you're good. Um, these engines, though, are basically, they're, I mean, they've got, well, it's the internal combustion, it's turbocharged, it's then got uh motors on the uh well generator motors I should say on the exhaust and the flywheel and so they're like crazy intricate machines hooked to a supercomputer so you know something can go wrong something will go wrong um so but we're very lucky because not 15 years ago it was not uncommon for multiple cars to blow their engines in a race back when they were running the uh v10s okay um 
reliability with these hybrids has been insane. Um, even the V8s were not that reliable. Um, so yeah, but the uh, that Ferrari Albon sandwich let tenth, eleventh, and twelfth uh, catch up. Um, which around Hungary, so we'll get to this. I guess we'll get to it right now because we're talking about sandwiches. Um, these four races are a sandwich. We've got two incredibly boring circuits in Hungary and Spain mixed with uh, Silverstone and the race is kind of reflected circuits. Like Hungary, there's really only the first maybe three turns that you're going to pass somebody. Spain's kind of the same way. There's not a lot that goes on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty indicative of that when the first note that I have for the Spain race is lap 30. Um, but yeah, so... But the thing with it, like at Hungary, because the straight is so long, the uh, the main straight, it's... Basically, the entire length of the circuit, it, the circuit is more or less a square. Um, when you look like if you were to draw a shape around it, it's more or less a square. Um, because that straight is the entire length of the circuit, that one side, you get cooking down it, and then you've got turn one that you can carry speed into and pass people. Um, so yeah, Vettel goes around the outside. At turn two. Um, Leclerc had pitted for softs. But they just weren't working. For whatever reason, they were just going. Everybody was having issues. Um, He was actually told to stay on the softs because they were like, rain coming in five minutes. I mean, these, these teams have incredible radar systems and weather systems. So they can tell you roughly where it's going to rain in at what time. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody was, all the teams were saying like rain five minutes and then they can tell you the duration. So they'll be like, uh, we're going to get about 15 minutes of rain in five minutes. So well, we that, can't do that normally in real life. Well, it's because they're looking at a very, very small window spot um so yeah um the rain ends up heading kind of south of the track so leclerc just pits for hards to go to the end of the race uh hamilton pretty much checked out at the beginning of the race but because he is who he is he starts complaining about his engine just to have something to complain about i guess Mm-hmm. Um, everybody doesn't matter what team they are they're complaining about their front left tire wearing crazy fast but because this is a uh, clockwise circuit you're going to have a lot of right hand turns mm-hmm. and there are a lot of fast right hand turns so the way that works you take a right hand turn it's not the right tire it's the left tire that takes the load because everything's getting pushed out, so that tire's got to hang on. Um, yeah, 
So you're just going to get more wear. Uh, if it starts to rain hard uh, at this point, uh, Haas cars were actually in a really good spot for points. Um, there was a decent gap behind them, so they could have pitted and either stayed in the same spots they were and maybe dropped one. Um, Albon was racing Grosjean, clears him at turn one. Uh, Vettel would be next in the cars to pass, but uh, he pits on lap 30 for hards. <laughs> I love this. Both Ferraris were lapped halfway through the race. What? Yep. Which is not normal, I assume, on paper? Well, at least not recently. For the past 25 years, we'll say, the Ferraris have been at least competent enough to stay on the lead lap, Mm -hmm. or at least one of them. No, they were on merit past halfway through the race. They were lapped. Um, I love this. Verstappen and Stroll were both in no man's land. There was like 15 seconds in front of both of them. It was like Verstappen was 15 behind Botas, and then Stroll was 15 behind Verstappen. There was just nothing for them to do. Um, at this point in time, Norris and Leclerc were really going at it, so that's always fun to watch. Um... Botas went for the undercut on Stroll because I think at this point Stroll was in third. Yeah, it was some weird strategies going on. Um, Stroll pits on lap thirty-six, comes out with a six-second gap in front and an eight-gap, uh, eight-second gap behind. So again, in no man's land. Um, Magnussen was still in the points at this uh, time in the race. Perez passed him at turn two because he was within DRS zone and at this track, that's where you're going to do it. The house cars just kind of keep going back. Um, Botas goes a 118.4 on hards, which is incredible. How fast he was, how fast these tires were going. That was lap 52. Lap 53, he goes a 117.9 on hards. Okay. These these tires should not be going this fast. Um, It's at this point, Red Bull were called to the steward's office after the race. It looked like a direct breach of the racing code because they were potentially drying the track in front of Albon's car at the grid. Um, Nothing actually comes out of it. Um, Hamilton at the lap by lap 58, I should say, um, has lapped up to fifth. So he's lapped everybody through sixth, sixth and back. Uh, Botas goes 117.6 on these hards. So just crazy fast. Hamilton pits for uh, softs going for the fastest lap to get that extra point. Goes a 117.497 on his first fast lap. So these hards were only a 10th slower than the softs. Mm -hmm. Um, But then Hamilton's next lap is a one sixteen six. So 
he goes effectively a full second faster. Um, and that's the end of the Hungaro ring. So, looking and cheating up ahead, uh, I have a hunch this sounds like your favorite race of the bunch. No, this became a snooze fest. Interesting, okay. Um, this race... And so, like, one-sided? Hmm? Was it just because it became too one-sided at some point, or...? Um... Well, it becomes it became one sided instantly, but this track is so boring because if you haven't made the move by turn three, it's just a train until the straight, and then try it all over again, and then you only have three turns. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it gets pretty boring because it's just cars basically following one one each other one. One after another. Um, I always have issues with the Hungarian races because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are on to Great Britain race number one. That's a terrible Scottish. You have the tea for me? What's that? You have the tea, I hope, right? No, I have a coffee going right now. Uh, see, that's not a tea. We're in Britain now. We have to have tea. Um, they don't have coffee, I assume, though, do they? Yeah, they have coffee. I mean, a lot of these guys live in Monaco, so they're very much the French chic when it comes to stuff they enjoy. And they're in their early to early 20s to early to mid 30s, the entire grid, more or less. So, and they're all millionaires. And so they can just do whatever they want. So they'll have a $500 cup of coffee. Sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, so before the race, uh, Sergio Perez, who is a driver for Racing Point, tested positive for COVID-19. Um, and so it was this like, okay, who's going to be the replacement driver. Right. Because they didn't have a um, backup driver already announced. Some of these teams have like Red Bull has their junior academy. Ferrari has a driving academy. Um, Mercedes has something similar. Like some of these teams have uh, academies that they're tied into. So they could just pull a test driver or an F2 driver or something like that. Well, Racing Point doesn't have that uh, luxury of having a series or something like that. Um, so the Hulk is back. Nico Hulkenberg gets a drive in F1. Um, it was a crazy, like, he posted his, uh, like, I think it was 72 hours or something like that. He got the call on, like, a Thursday night flew from uh somewhere in Italy I guess where is where they were staying to the UK and got fitted for his seat Thursday at like or Friday at two in the morning and then slept for a couple hours simulator and then he was out on track. Hmm. And it was just crazy. 
and he was doing pretty good. They were showing some some pretty nice uh, pace. Um, there were just no quality notes to really care about. Um, Hulkenberg was pretty good. Uh, Mercedes won too. Yeah. Uh, this is the first of the next three races where heat became a factor. Um, it was, I believe they said 52 degrees Celsius on track. So that is a hundred and like 25 or 130 on track. That is hot. Um, and the tires are just going to struggle. It doesn't matter what compound they use. That hot of a surface just eats away at these tires. Um, before the end of lap one, Magnuson is already out of the race, but it's because Alex Albon takes him out. Um, Kevin got loose through the final chicane and hit a uh, curb and kind of launched the car a little bit. And as he was trying to recover, Albon just drove right into the back of him. Um, between lap one and I believe it was lap 15, I'm pretty sure I fell asleep because it was so boring. Um, I did wake up, though, for Daniel Kvyat blowing a right rear. It doesn't look like it was a debris puncture. It just went. Hmm. Um, everybody pitted under the safety car. So this was like lap 15 or lap uh, 20, maybe. And so they were just going to try to stretch to the end of the race, make it a one-stopper. As I say, I'm pretty sure I fell asleep during parts of this race. Um, Valtteri tore apart his front right with three to go, like completely separated the... uh, It's not the tread because there's no tread, but the outer surface of the tire from the sidewall Mm. just tore it apart. Um... And that gave Charles Leclerc a podium finish. Uh, Max pitted with two to go just to get fastest lap points. Um, but he could have easily made it to the end of the race with the set of tires he had. He was incredibly easy on his tires. Um, and which makes the pit stop hurt even more when Lewis blew his front rear, uh, front right, sorry, uh, basically after the first turn. So he's got a limp home on three tires. And he's very lucky because, obviously, Max pitted. And it was like a 50-some-odd second gap between them at the start of the lap. By the end of the lap, it was six seconds. Or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, Max just, if he had one more lap, or if he had stayed out on the tires he had, he would have won this race. Um, so he was pretty, pretty teed off at that, which for good reason. But hindsight's twenty twenty for them. So, you know, yes, it looks bad to have pitted, but at the time, why not just go for the fastest lap, get some extra points, which he did get. So now we're on to 
GB Race 2. Uh, at this moment, uh, I'd say this is a good ad break for our sponsor because someone said coffee earlier in the day. And we'll be right back. All right, so GB Race 2. Team so GB. Going into the, so going into this one, were you expecting it to be better than the first race? Obviously, since you were not a big fan of that first race. Um, I was expecting it to be a strategy race because um, going into this, they had said what tires were going to be available. Mm -hmm. And for the second race, the compounds were going to be uh, one softer than what they had the first race. So I was like, well, it's going to become a two-stop. And uh, because obviously the tires are softer, so they're not going to last. Um, and they already had tire issues. So going into it, I knew it was just going to be. Um, but strategy races can actually be fun to watch. Because you can sometimes get these smaller teams that just have a crazy strategy of, okay, we're going to pit to do our mandatory uh, compound swap. And then we're going to pit like every five laps or six laps and just go through all our fresh tires and then go to used tires. Um, but yeah, sometimes you can have fun stuff like that happen. Um, Ferrari, we're having trouble all practice. Uh, Sebastian has an engine go out on him. It was unclear what the problem was at first. They obviously figured it out. Because in qualifying, um, the Ferraris were still struggling, but it wasn't an engine problem. It was just Ferrari problems. Mm -hmm. uh, Vettel goes out in Q2. Uh, Leclerc makes it into Q3. Nico Hulkenberg qualifies P3. A man who wasn't driving until the Friday of practice qualifies P3. Obviously he's in more or less the third fastest car on the grid with the uh, last year's Mercedes, the pink Mercedes uh, racing point. Um, and obviously the FIA, FIA believes it is a uh, 2019 Mercedes because they docked them 15 points in the uh, constructor's standings and fined them $400,000. For what again? Over the uh, brake ducts on the front brakes. So you appear because a copycat style. Are you not allowed to copy cars? Or what, is that, what does that mean? Okay, so the racing point looks exactly like last year's car. That's because they admitted, like, we took a ton of photos because obviously this is the fastest car. So we're going to design our car exactly like that. Where they got them is a rule infraction on um, effectively sharing ideas and technology. Mm -hmm. So this the copycat style is like, okay, um, this racing point, like, Racing Point is a effectively Mercedes Junior team. Okay. They won't call it that, but that's effectively what they are. And 
So if they have the ability to share technology with the engine, what's going to stop Mercedes from being like, hey, how about these? Because you can only go so f- like you can only go so far with how much you're copying another car before they're like, no, you can't do that. You have to change this. Mm-hmm. And this is what happened. It was just too similar, like because it was down to okay, there was no proof that Mercedes gave them the design for the brake ducts, but it was just almost identical like it it almost looked like mercedes gave racing point last year's cars and then racing point just decaled them differently um they were just that similar uh the fia has said that they were going to crack down on this uh the copycat style of development where you know they don't want for 21, they don't want Racing Point's next car to be this year's Mercedes. Mm-hmm. So you have to create a unique design. You can't just copy people. Um, I think it was like six or seven teams lodged an appeal on this decision, not because of the actual decision, but the severity of it. A lot of these teams were like, hey, they have clearly benefited from using the technology that Mercedes used last year. They weren't that strong of a car in 2019. So all of a sudden now they're fighting for P3 and qualifying. You know, they need to be punished more severely because they almost literally took last year's Mercedes and said, okay, we're going to run that. Um, the track is even hotter for this second race than it was the last race. Hard to believe when last race it was 50 some odd, you know, it was low fifties, but I believe it was mid fifties by the time they, uh, were starting. Lights go out and almost immediately Sebastian Vettel spins. I believe it was the second turn. It may have been the first turn. Just a mental error from him. He seems to be having those more and more. The problem... Okay, here's the best way to describe the difference between Vettel and Hamilton. Hamilton is so laser-focused when he's racing, he won't make these mental errors. Mm -hmm. But he benefits greatly from the cars being some of the greatest cars ever built. Back when he was with McLaren, he benefited there. And obviously he's benefited greatly at uh, Mercedes. Sebastian Vettel, if he can get a car that handles the way he wants to, he is nearly unstoppable. His four straight titles at Red Bull were incredibly dominant. And even more so, like, where we've seen Mercedes just basically outspend everyone and create these amazing cars, the Red Bulls for those four championships, really, they were the only, they were only the top team for, I think, one of those years. 
it was just Vettel had the car he wanted and knew he could drive just incredibly fast. And he won four straight titles. I think Weber finished between third and fifth most of the time during his, uh, for the final standings. So they weren't, that those Red Bulls weren't dominant in the way that these Mercedes are. So, but Vettel is prone to mental errors. Just either thinking he can make the pass or just forgetting where he is at times. Um, and so he spins. Daniel Ricardo goes by, and it looks like he's got smoke coming out of the engine. Hopefully it's just an oil, like, there's oil on something that's burning off. Otherwise, that's usually a telltale sign of the engine going. Um, Alex Albon and Pierre Gasly pit by, I believe it was lap 10, to go on to hards. George Russell pitted two laps later. Um, Botas was having really weird tire temperature problems. His rear left was hotter than his front left, which you don't normally want. And with their dual axis steering, he should be able to generate heat in the front. So he was just having all kinds of weird tire temp problems. Um, everybody is pitting between like laps 8 and 15. Um, Lando Norris pits on lap 13. And kind of something that went under the radar between these two uh, GP, uh, GB races. Golf, the oil company, sponsored McLaren. And this is the first time golf's been in F1 in years. Really? Yeah. They left, I'm trying to remember when they left. It was probably oof. Maybe the early 2000s was the last time that golf was... Okay, yeah, so a while. Yeah, a while. Um, And it's weird because they are, I mean, it's like, you think of classic liveries, it's golf. It's that powder blue with orange. You know, some of the most famous race cars in the world are that color. Um, The Ford GT... When it won Le Mans, it, one of them was in the golf colors. So it's just good to see that. It's good to see some of these classic brands return to motorsports because we're losing a lot of them too. I mean, Mar- uh, Martini was in the game two years ago, but now they're out. And like Martini is known for some of the greatest liveries in racing. Mm-hmm. And I get it. It's just super expensive to do this. But it is good to see guys coming back. Um, Botas Pitts leaving Hamilton to defend against Verstappen. And Hamilton's tires were blistering really, really bad. And so, okay, so what that is. I can I can picture you, like, Going, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, sure, I have no idea what you mean, but yeah. Um, 
Glad you what I was about to say. Yeah, so the tires can heat up in weird spots, and they'll blister. So, like, the literal tire develops a blister. Parts of it, like, air can build up, and parts of it will separate. Um, that's not bad. The blistering isn't bad. You can drive around a blistered tire. What's bad is when the tire rips from the blister and then you effectively blow your tire. Right, that makes sense. And Hamilton's tires are blistered on all four. Whoa. It's really bad. It looks even worse when they cut to the T-cam of Verstappen and his tires look like they just put them on. And Hamilton pits on 15. Uh, Hamilton pitting on lap 15 put the Hulk in second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, a guy that wasn't driving until Friday morning is now running second in a Grand Prix. This is also the driver that holds the record for most Grand Prix without a podium finish. <laughs> so if there's ever a time for him to get his first podium, this race was looking pretty good. Um, Mercedes just clearly has a tire problem. Can't figure it out. They've had their hards on for six laps. Okay, so the hards are... This race hard was last race medium. Mm -hmm. And those are the tires that they blew out uh, at the end of the race, were the mediums. And so they're just... Nobody can figure out what their problem is if it's they just have too much downforce and are ripping the tires apart that way or what. But they had Adam on for like six laps and Hamilton's were looking almost as bad as when he pitted on lap 15. Just terrible blisters. Um, Verstappen could go for a one-stop in this race. He had the tires to do it. Uh, a slow right rear during the pit stop led to Max coming up behind Botas. But this Red Bull is bad fast. He's catching quickly. Um, the digital fans around the track are hilarious. Uh, we had in this race the Norris Milkman, uh, a guy chugging milk because Lando Norris loves milk. Uh, Nico Rosberg, who won the 2016 championship in a Mercedes at Hungary, sitting on his couch, clearly in Monaco, just doing the yeah face. Um, other fans just going crazy. It's It's been awesome. So how do you become one of these digital fans? Have you looked into it? Uh, I have, but it's not clear on how they did it. Okay. Um. Because some teams were saying, like, hey, submit videos, and teams can use them. F1 was like, hey, submit videos, and we'll use them. Like, So it was never truly clear on... So it's not true life fans, it's videos? Yeah, it's just... Okay, because a lot so, of sports have been right, like true life not, fans. It's not the uh, NBA and the NHL where it's fans, like, on a Zoom call watching. Right. 
No, these are just videos. But it allows them to queue up videos for... Good moments. Yeah, so like the Norris Milkman was while Lando Norris was driving through the shop. So they're able to queue up, okay, this driver's going to be coming through. We've got this virtual set, and here's a video. Um, Vettel and Ferrari are... What's that? I'm saying they're not do more of a mixture where you have some level of live, and then you have those fun moments. Yeah. Uh, Vettel and Ferrari are just going through a messy divorce. He's so ready to be done with them. And it's clear on the radio, he's just like, he's basically yelling at them. Like you guys are stupid. Like he he didn't say that exactly, but by his tone, you can tell he's just ready to be done. Uh, Red Bull and Mercedes pit at the same time. So they are going for two stopper and Hamilton stayed out for another lap immediately is complaining about his strategy setup. This is Hamilton's weakness. If he doesn't get what he wants, he bitches and moans. And it's just a terrible look. Um, more teams, though, are going for the fuck it, get new tire strategy, which is a valid strategy. Yep. When everybody else around you is doing it. Um, Max Ford, Max Verstappen, I think might be the best thing to come out of 2020. (laughs) Because he was, last week he was in no man's land and was talking to his engineer, making sure they had hydrated. Because you'll have, the drivers have an engineer that's like, Okay, remember, take a drink, because they can monitor when you're, mm-hmm. what you're using and when you're using it. Um, so Max is out in the lead, just like, basically twiddling his thumbs, and comes over the radio and goes like, "Hey, remember to hydrate. You know, it's pretty hot out there. And once you're done with that, remember to sanitize your hands. Like just, just having fun." Um, wins the race, pretty dominant win, and just showcasing his his handle and his dominance of the RB sixteen this year's Red Bull, mm-hmm. because I think Alex Albon finishes like mid pack. So the car that wins, in theory, should be in the top five as well with the second car, but Max just handles this car. It's actually the first Red Bull win at uh, Silverstone since 2012, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think about. That it's been eight years since Red Bull won in the UK. Um, Hamilton tied Michael Schumacher's all-time podium record of 155. Spoilers, uh, that record gets broken. Mm. Um, and now we are on to... Espana, I believe the name of the race circuit is Circuit, is it Circuit de Barcelona de Catalonia, something like that, because obviously Catalans love to say that they are not part of Spain, they are part of Catalonia. 
it's just ridiculous. Uh, another hot race. Uh, the track was in the 50s for most of the weekend. The thing to remember is this time of year, they should be in like Russia and France and like they shouldn't be where they're at in terms of the circuits. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time the, these cars have driven on these tracks at the temperatures that they're dealing with. Um, before the race, a couple things happened. Um, the Concord agreement was signed by all the current teams. Effectively, what that means is the teams that are in F1 right now are going to be in it for the next five years. Okay. Haas was one that was kind of up in the air, as well as Mercedes, because Mercedes wants to kind of separate themselves from internal combustion. They want to go electric. They want to do that. Um, so even the UK, I thought internal combustion engines go illegal in five years or some nonsense. I I forget what it is, but it's going to be you need to be either mostly electric. Yeah, you they need to be mostly electric or all electric. I think by twenty twenty six, which is which is relatively from a manufacturing point of view a very quick time. Eh, not when they've been knowing this. What they've put in place for that? The date got pushed up though, because that date got pushed up. I thought by Boris Johnson by like five or six years. So like, Mm-mm. no, it was. They uh, got pushed back because in twenty fourteen, when that Paris climate agreement was signed, I think it was twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, it was supposed to be twenty. It was supposed to be ten years from then. So 2024. So it's gotten pushed back a year or two. So I got it. So UK moves to end sales of all non-ultra cars by 2035, and it used to be 2040, it looks like. Okay, so they shortened Got some more time. Yeah. So. Yeah, so phase out of sales. The original, they joined several other EU countries. I originally had a 2040 date, and then Johnson moved it up five years. Well, they're not um, part of the EU, EU so. Right, but like they would, the date was like when they're part of it. That was a bunch of countries agreed to it. It wasn't a man, yeah. EU mandate. It was a they decided to. It'll be interesting because I mean it makes sense. It would just be interesting to stuff like logistically of how do you handle that from a like gas station to converting the wall. Like there's just a lot of questions at that point of how does this work. Oh, that'll be easy because all they'll do is they'll rip out the uh, the tanks that they store the gas in. And just but the issue is, giant not, it won't be one to one though, because a it takes longer to, or side tangent, it takes longer to do it, and then the other thing very quickly becomes, uh, what do you do in transition of like, because like gas cars won't be legal. It's selling a gas cars that would be illegal. Yeah, I, so well, you'll just see a lot of cost questions too. Yeah, you'll just see. I think maybe instead of you know five gas stations it's four gas stations and or four electric stations and one gas station it'd be really funny then the gas even though there's a line for gas they'll still all be done before the first electric cars are done because how long it takes i i imagine by 2035 they'll get it to because the tesla has i think i know tangent still i think they have we have 50 percent of the engine done in like 15 minutes 
which especially in the UK of how big of a country we're talking that is like well, but that's, that's probably from, fine that's from dead right but the whole point is though when you get to a car then you're talking about now you have a driving range of 120 miles in the UK you're probably not like most people like UK isn't as big as like America is or anything of like size wise and where people live and where you go yeah yeah I mean if you it's just going to be the mindset of if you need to stop for electricity during the day you're just not gonna fill up that or it's like i'm tying it to a meal and like there's like now there's a restaurant gas station i mean that honestly i think the thing that we need to figure out is large-scale wireless charging because if you pull up into a parking lot and it's basically one giant charge pad Mm-hmm. And yeah, while you're in the restaurant, it's just charging. You That's know. very doable. That these you get this cost, uh, or you have at the end of this tangent, the old California rolling blackout right now because they transitioned too quickly, too hard, and then it got cloudy one day. No, isn't the rolling blackout because of the fires? Uh, it's because also they said so much of the infrastructure is based on solar, and the fires fires are blocking the sun. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's a thing of, like, and they didn't have, like, well, most states that are, like, Florida is a very heavy solar state, but they have backups still that they could tap into when that happens, where California went so quickly so green that they didn't build, have gas backups or oil backups. Hey, people, the greenest energy is nuclear, believe it or not. And in California, they made that illegal. Nuclear energy for the win. <laughs> But there's Germany destroying all the nuclear plants. Now, anyway, back to Spain. Who wanted to build a new nuclear plant like five years ago, but got shut down. Um, so, yeah. And then Williams finished their sale. They sold to an American investment firm called Donaldson. Okay. This ends a very interesting time. And in fact, it's a very important sale because there are now no UK-owned F1 teams. Hmm. They may be based in the UK. They are not. There's no team in Formula One that is owned by a British organization. Hmm. End of an era. End of an era. Um, Russell can't make it out of Q1. Vettel goes out in Q2 again. Hamilton and Botas dominate Q3. What else is new? Um, I mentioned this in uh, one of the GB races. Race control's been super, super quick with the lights. Okay. So the the five lights coming on, that is a set tempo of when the five come on so they don't speed that up what they control is how quickly they go out um i believe it was the second gb race it went one two three four five basically by the time the fifth light lit they were out Hmm. um so my guess is it has something to do with the heat 
just these tracks are so hot that the cars, these cars basically overheat the second they stop because they need air going through their radiators to cool down. Um, they don't have fans on them or anything like that. So I'm wondering if they're going so fast because of that. They just don't want a bunch of cars dying on the grid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So as I said, this race was such a snooze fest. I have one, two, three, four notes. Um, the first one was lap 30. Which was Vettel pitting uh, on lap 30, going to the softs from the mediums. And what makes this interesting is this would generally be like, if you're pitting on 30, it's a 66 lap race. This would probably be your one stop if you're going to do a one stop. But they put him on softs because he qualified on mediums. So he needed to change tire compounds. So this is going to be a two-stop form. If the strategy works the way it does. Uh, Lap 37, Charlotte Leclerc's Ferrari just dies in the final chicane. He's going fine, going fine. The engine just kills. And then, Hmm. so when these cars die like that, it'll actually lock the gearbox to kind of prevent, like, a runaway car. Well, that spun him out. He was in a chicane going to turn. All of a sudden, the car dies, and it basically just flips him around. Uh, But he's fine. He's able to get it running again. Uh, There was no safety car deployed. And gets it running. But only for a couple more laps, because he retires on lap 41. He was the only retirement. Um, Ferrari just seems to forget they have a second car because effectively after Leclerc retires Vettel comes back on the radio and is like hey should we pit can we pit can I take these like he's trying to figure out from the strategist what to do Mm -hmm. and it's like 15 laps these softs are only supposed to last about 20 He's 15 into his 20, still trying to figure out, okay, what pace do I need to set? Are we going for a one-stop? You know, like, this divorce is just getting ugly. Um, and if nothing else, I think people are, people are honestly feeling sad for Vettel. Like, he is just getting shit-whipped by Ferrari. For no reason, I mean... He's not doing anything wrong. It's just Ferrari is so incompetent that they're having incredible issues. Um, Hamilton wins. Surprise, surprise, breaking the podium record. Um, he had lapped the field all the way up to third. Hmm. So where I said they lapped to fifth in Hungary, yeah, they got up to third. The only people in the lead lap were those on the podium. Um, he is now the most successful driver by podiums in F1 history. I believe he needs three, well, now two, 
wins to break Schumacher's record. Schumacher had 92. I believe he's at 91 right now. Uh, Vettel reaches 3,000 career points. He's the second driver to do so. Hamilton was the first. If we change, um, if we apply the current points uh, ranking to when um, Schumacher drove, he would have gotten 3,000 points. So Vettel's either the second or third, depending on how you want to call it. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen breaks the record for most laps driven in F1. And Vettel gets driver of the day and looks incredibly shocked and happy when he's told that. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, he should be shocked because Ferrari fucked him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. We're off this week, and then we've got Spain, or not Spain, sorry, Spa. Spa. Spa Franck Shaw in Belgium in the Ardennes Forest. Guten Tag. That's Belgium, right? Yeah, Belgium speaks German. <laughs> Is it really? I just made that up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it depends on where you are. So, Do they most, have a local Belgianese? Most of Belgium speaks German, but... A section of it speaks French, and a section of it speaks Dutch. Okay, so I was like, there's no Belgian, per se, language. Yeah, there's no Belgian language. Okay. I somewhat, I somewhat know geography. I know it's shocking to everyone when I get it somewhat right. Especially okay. Florida. You know, you know more about European geography than you do about your own state. <laughs> Which is amazing, we think about it. <laughs> You're like the opposite of an American student. <laughs> American students are pretty good about roughly where yeah. they are. Yeah, that's where they are. Like they're like if they're yeah. in the Midwest, they tend to the Midwest, Southern people tend to the South, like those yeah. kind of things. And no jack shit about the about Europe. I can pull a European fact out of my ass, but if you ask me where shit is in America, I'll be like, ooh. Which state is more northernly, Wyoming or Colorado? Wyoming is more northern. Yes. Uh, Wyoming's one of the most northern states in the U.S. Not the most, obviously, because Alaska and then continental. Well, I think it's like Maine or New Hampshire would be the most northern. Wyoming is south of Montana. I thought it was directly south of it, though, which would make it the second. And Montana's border of... Montana is further south than northern Minnesota. Yeah, but I thought, correct me if I'm wrong, I thought, I thought Montana touched the Canadian border, and that was just because yeah. the Canadian border. Yeah, Montana is the northernmost state in that region. No, it's because the Canadian border is not a flat line, it's a dip. Well, it's supposed to be on some parallel, but... It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's, not. Welcome to 1800s... Uh... Geography. No, it's cartography, not geography. Cartography. I apologize. Welcome to H100's cartography. Uh, there will be a test on this, for the record. It's why South Dakota is not square. It's uh, it's like 16 feet longer on one side than the other. Mm. Very upsetting. They couldn't draw a straight line. It's like when I try to draw. Although, to be fair to the people charting South Dakota, they did it by foot. And so some you, people have fucked up feet. Well, if if you base like sixteen feet when you're 
crossing hundreds of miles Mm -hmm. is pretty impressive. Especially since you have no map and you have a basic compass. Like, I'd I'd say they did a pretty good job. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we are on to the longest track in Formula One. Ooh. The fewest amount of laps, it is 51 or 52 laps. The track is 7,004 meters long. Has been featured on the Tour de France. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Yeah. So yeah, we will be back uh, at some point. To cover, I guess, whatever races are, uh, have run. Um, up the calendar real quick for Formula U. Formula U. Also trying to get this episode recorded before the Indy 500 today, so. I was going to say, that's today. I, I have a friend who's recorded in Indy, and I was like, I'm watching them. I'm like, oh, that is definitely today. Um, let's see. We Doesn't it start, like, soon, soon? What's that? Doesn't it start, like, soon? Yeah, it starts at, the coverage starts at noon. Um, We have got a break between second Italian and Chicken Grand Prix. Um, I believe we're at 17 races. Are... Ooh. That would be right in there with their uh, desire to do 18 to 18. sounds sounds great so yeah uh, thanks everyone for joining us uh on our normal this week's tradition uh we'll be back next week i think with an sww show so that's exciting uh we get to talk about the news all that fun stuff and figure out what the hell we're doing with movie club because some theaters are open question mark but aj lives in land where that's not true so we have questions and answers uh oh michigan is one of the states that is gonna have theaters open nice I assumed you were not. Theater. I assumed I just made a logical assumption of Michigan that it was not because I knew California and New York both were not. And I just kind of assumed. There's a map of. um, Let's see if I can. Nice. Well, I guess that will probably do us for this week. AJ, as as AJ finds this fun member, subscribe on podcast services of your choice. Just search the SWW show. If you're unsure we are, it's anchor.fm slash SWW. You can find us in every location. There are podcasts. You can find a link directly to the RSS feed. All of that good stuff. I'm at Mikey underscore Maroney on Twitter. AJ is AJ underscore Losey. And the show is at the SWW show. Stay tuned. All that fun stuff. Please leave us ratings, reviews. I don't know what else we're supposed to say as I'm as I'm going through this. AJ, did you find your map? Uh, no, but I do remember that Michigan was not the strictest state. There were states that they just weren't opening. California, New York. I knew that. Uh, there were several. It wasn't just those two. I just knew those two specifically because the, uh, that's how big they were in the market. There were ones that were like 20% capacity. There were the at most 50% capacity, which is what Michigan is in. I believe Florida is in that one too. Yeah, but like AMC is doing 30 or 40% independent of Florida's rules, so they're stricter. Yeah. Um, 
Then there was one that was just like theaters are open. Ah, uh, sounds like Iowa to me. Um, I free. There were a couple states that I mean, this the state population was lower than that of, mm-hmm. you know, the Grand Rapids Metro. So I wasn't too worried. <laughs> Perfect. Well, again, uh, we will catch all you guys next week. Say goodbye, AJ. Uh, sure, whatever. This episode is partially brought to you by the Humble Choice Program. Did you know Humble Bundle has a great monthly subscription service that lets you get a ton of video games every single month? That's right. From plans range from $5 to 20 bucks a month, you get a hold of a bunch of free games they have available to you. And you can use our code down in the description below to go and sign up. It would help our podcast and help you see what great games are available for you this month. This podcast was a production of The SWW Show. To learn more, go to theswwshow.com. Remember, you can follow the show on Twitter at The SWW Show. You can follow me at Mikey underscore Maroney. You can follow AJ at Lowseatboard. Remember, new episodes premiere on Friday, 9 a.m. Central Time on anchor.fm slash SWW and podcast services around the globe.